Hey everyone, it's Ariel Hawani, and I wanted to let you know that each and every week I'm part of a great program called the Ringer MMA Show. I host it alongside two absolutely brilliant minds. Their names, Chuck Mendenhall and Pete Carroll. And every Thursday, a new episode drops where we preview the weekend in mixed martial arts and react to all the biggest news. Plus, after every UFC pay-per-view, we give you a post-fight show. So this is what you have to do. Just follow the Ringer MMA show on your Spotify app so you don't miss an episode. We'll talk to you then. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Peter the major stick. Oh my goodness. It's professional wrestling. Stay mage and enjoy yourself. Mage. Ladies and gentlemen, it's going down. There's something going on Friday. As promised, SGG, I, I said, we're only going to talk to the biggest and best in the yep. business. You know what I mean? And today we're joined uh, by a man who has a very, very full plate this weekend defending his NXT World Championship. Carmelo Hayes is on the yeah. program. Carmelo, what's <laughs> yeah. good, bro? I'm in here. What's up, guys? How are you? Thanks for having me on. Uh, well, thanks I'm, for I'm really coming. good. First of all, first and foremost, I have to ask you, uh, I'm, I'm following your footsteps and making the pilgrimage to Boston tomorrow for the Celtics Heat game. There you go. I'm a Celtics fan for real. I'm the real deal. People, people try to make fun of the uh, the whole Lakers thing that I did last uh, uh, in April. It was like, ah, oh, man, he a Lakers fan, but no, nah, that was a Kobe tribute. That was not a Lakers tribute. So, and that was yeah, a beautiful a Cel- Kobe tribute, by the it way. Was. I appreciated that. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, nah, but I'm a Celtics fan. I'm a Boston teams fan. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Do you have something in the tuck for for this this coming Sunday? Is there a Boston themed entrance that we could expect? Uh, I mean, no, no, nah, nah, I mean, I don't want to say yes or no. I mean, just, just <laughs> watch, but I'm definitely, you know, we, we go into Mellow Chusets. We're going to put it like that. It's, it's definitely going to be Mellow Chusets turning up. <laughs> and by the way, SGG, we're recording this on Wednesday. Of course, the Celtics play Thursday and Thursday. then play again. Should they win, play again on Saturday. So that mood on Sunday could be so uh-huh. many different things depending on what plays out over the <laughs> right. next few days. But I was, I, I was telling my people yesterday, I'm glad they won last night because I know I was coming in here with you and Mello. I didn't yeah. want the Celtics to disappoint and mess up the vibe. They were impressive yesterday, Mello. I got to tell you, man, I, I started getting a hunch uh, sometime early in the week when I read sort of the like quotes from Jalen Brown and, and, and Jason Tatum. Yeah, yeah th- that don't let us win one. I, I was like mad that. that they said that. I was like, don't say that because if you lose, you're like, well, we didn't let you win. Like, oh. <laughs> how did you? How did you become a, a Celtics fan? I mean, just growing up in the. I mean, you support. You gotta remember too, bro. Like when you 
in Massachusetts, like all those teams are all championship teams. Like we are so spoiled. Um, you know, every year it's like, you know, the Patriots making it to the Super Bowl, Celtics at least in the finals or in the playoffs, Red Sox making it to the World Series. You know, so I mean, growing up in New England, like what exact town are you from? I'm sorry, Mel. So I'm from Framingham, which is like Oh, you're from uh, Framingham. Oh yeah. I'm sorry. I apologize for asking the question. I didn't realize you're from Framingham. Are you familiar? Yeah, very, because so the reason I'm a Celtics fan is because of my family in Boston. But then my brother went to Brandeis and Waltham. My cousins went to high school right. in, in Needham. So I've oh, always yeah. been up and around the, the Boston area quite a bit. Yeah. So, yeah, Framingham's just you're in hardcore. That's that's Celtic country, baby. For sure, for sure. Yeah, and I mean, thinking about it too, like, man, City of Champions, it's like you'd be stupid to want any other team or to like any other team because your team always does so well. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But by the way, and, and you've grown up in a fantastic era. Uh, how old are you? 28. See, I was doing this. I was gonna say he didn't get to he didn't get to live through the Red Sox. No, nah, he mentioned the Red Sox as championship team. He didn't get yeah. to live through the generations of them. Nineteen eighteen, exactly the opposite yeah, the of that. The, so you had nineteen eighteen to two thousand four. But then you also have to keep in mind when I was a kid going to Boston, the Celtics. You know, were the Celtics obviously already? They were always perpetually good. The Patriots were a joke, just an yeah. absolute bottom feeding kind of joke. You know, you know? and them, yeah, and then they got so, Brady. Yeah. Do you do you have um? What's your relationship like? Uh, first of all, do you still spend a lot of time in the uh, Boston area? And also, like, I I'm not even from the area, but just as someone who roots for the team and someone who pays attention, like, I am aware of the mixed relationship people have with Boston. It's a very complex place. There is a lot of deep-seated racism in Boston. It's also a very progressive place politically. So it's a very, like, complicated place. I noticed when I mentioned the Celtics, you know, a lot of people have a lot of extreme hate for Boston and kind yeah. of paint it with a broad brush. What's your sort of experience as a black man from the area, your feelings on Boston, et cetera? Yeah, I mean, those sports fans, like, especially in the city itself, because you got to remember, if you know Boston, it's so diverse in so many ways. So you got, like, North End, which is a lot of big Italian uh, community. Then you've got, like, Southie, which is a big uh, Irish community. And then you got, like, Dorchester and Roxbury, you know, which is a big, like, black community. Um, so it's so diverse in that way. But I think the most passionate like almost the face of fans for boston are these like hardcore irish guys that <laughs> freaking get red faced and all you know what i mean and just talk crap and your, your mom's a bum and do all that but it's so diverse that's the thing like it, it's almost allowed those people to take over as that's the representation for boston and i don't like that um because you know Boston fans are all shapes, sizes, and colors, man, for real. But those are like the face of what people from outside view Boston fans as. Um, but as far as my own experience, um, I mean, if we're talking in the sports world, you know, I think the fans, I think Pat Beverly has said it recently in an interview. He's like, I don't think that the fans are racist. I just think that they're very passionate and supportive of Boston, of their city and of the, you know what I mean, their team. So, I mean, I I haven't experienced that. I mean, obviously, everywhere everywhere you go, you experience racism. But as far as in sports, I haven't seen it firsthand. But I know that it is there. Um, I know the Red Sox have dealt with it a lot. I know certain players don't like coming to the Fenway because you know people behind the the cage. You know, they're, they're, the- you know what I'm saying? Like they're just going crazy. But like I said, and I don't want to generalize one group, but it's the red faced 
Southy people who are, you know, a lot of the big, <laughs> you know what I mean? They are the face of that sort of, I guess, hate. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, well, let's let's get to uh, uh, what's going on with you recently, man. Um, <laughs> let, let's we, we've covered our our Celtic and Boston uh, cultural sports ground now to NXT. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mania weekend was obviously tremendous. Um, you got to uh, you know really get to an, an incredible place in your career, picking up the NXT championship and doing it in in great fashion in that match with Braun. Um, what was that weekend like for you? Generally, just take us through what it felt like, you know, heading into and throughout that weekend in Los Angeles. Uh, yeah, the whole weekend, it, it, it didn't seem real until about like the, the media day I did before. It was kind of like business as usual in a way. And then I kind of was like, oh, wait, hold on, man. We're about to do something big here. And, and you know, I was talking to a lot of you guys that were like, hey, you know, you know, this big match with Braun and, you know, main event, the Crypto Center and, and you know, NXT Championship and kicking off the week. That's when it started to become real. But uh, I went in there pretty cool, pretty calm. Um, I just felt very prepared, man. I remember just like that week me building up. I was like, shit, if I had to do this like tomorrow, I could do it tomorrow. Um, but it was a great experience overall. And, and just it's one of those moments where you, you take in things. A lot of times you let things pass you, you know, you like – your, your nerves are going and you're like, you're just thinking, but I actually stopped and took that moment in, man. There, especially when I won the title and, and listened to the crowd, you know, mellow, and like the crypto center. And again, I tried to just remember, you know, when I was backstage, like, man, the Lakers, you know, and, and Kobe and all the history and not just the Lakers, but everything that's happened in that Staples Center, crypto center. Um, and I just took it all in. So more than anything, to, to summarize the whole weekend, it was a great experience, but I made sure that I took it all in. And then when you finally got the title, how'd your mindset and your approach to to the craft change? Or did it change at all? It, it did. Yeah, it definitely did. Uh, I, I tried to carry myself like I was the champion when I had the North American champion, uh, championship. So that was already kind of like, a, for me, I was like, you know, I'm the man, I'm the man. But then now having this and now, you know, Winning the championship comes with a lot of people who speculate, hey, does he deserve it? Uh, is he worthy? So that kind of was in the back of my mind. I'm like, oh, yeah, like I don't want anybody to ever question if I deserve this championship. Like nobody's going to ever be able to question, hey, is Carmelo worthy uh, to hold, you know, this championship? So I wanted to make sure that's where my mindset changed. I'm like, I want to make sure that nobody ever questions that I'm, I'm the man. Uh, how old were you when you decided that, becoming a, a, a champion in professional wrestling was a goal for you? I mean, when you're a kid, like, you see champions, you, you want to be a champion. I remember, man, like, even when I got into this, like, I'm, I'm thinking, oh, I don't want to win championships and I want to do that. Obviously, it's changed a little bit for me now. You know, the, the, it's so much bigger than that. Um, you know, championships are amazing and great accolades along the way. But with the platform that we have, you know, you can accomplish so much more. Um but more or less, like when I was a kid, yeah, I mean, shoot, I'm like, yeah, I want to win a championship, want to be like so and so, and I want, yeah. So I mean, as, as a kid, who was and who was the so and so when you were a kid? Like, who mm -hmm. were the first? Who were the first people you kind of fell in love with on the TV? Yeah, so I remember, like, you know, Attitude Era was always on. I remember, like, so I'm 28, right? So like 2000, 2001, 2002. I started watching in like 2002, 2003. So it was right off the end of the Attitude Era into the Ruthless Aggression Era. So like I got to catch The Rock on the back end. I got to catch uh, Austin on the back end. Um, but really it was like that uh, SmackDown 6. So I didn't have cable mm. when I was a kid. So 
it was on like UPN. And um, I remember like Edge, Guerrero, Mysterio, uh, Angle, that whole squad, you know, Taker and all those guys. And and then eventually I finally started watching Raw. I got a little bit older, started watching Raw. And it was like Triple H, Sean, um, you know, Booker, uh, so many good guys. Uh, that whole crop, man, when I'm like naming all these guys, all legends. Uh, but I can't pick just one. There's so many good ones. So you mentioned Sean, too. Yeah. I want to talk to you about this. Um because I feel like I, I saw a quote from where from Sean where he talks about you and he speaks highly of you and he talks about how he trusts you guys to tell him what's cool. And it sort of like blows my mind a little bit because, you know, growing up, I wasn't the biggest fan of Sean because there was a I chose Brett. I picked my side. But Sean <laughs> is undeniably one of the coolest wrestlers that's ever been. So how does it yeah. feel to be in 2023, like his ambassador, his the person that he, he trusts to make sure that he he maintains that title as one of the kings of cool in, in pro wrestling? I had to remind him multiple times. I'm like, you know you were the coolest thing at one point. Like, <laughs> right. yeah, uh, I don't know what cool is anymore. Like, da, da, da. I'm just, you know, I'm like, nah, well, Sean, you know, like, Carmelo, uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. look, look. <laughs> <laughs> look, look, Carmelo. <laughs> Um, no, nah, he was a cool, man, he was a cool ass dude and, and he's still cool. I just think that now, you know, because like he's not in it, you know, his attitude sort of changed a little bit, but when he was in his peak, man, like I watched back, I was saying a funny story. One time we were in the gym, uh, working out at the PC and, um, he's on the team. So we play like the, uh, network on the TV, right? When we do our workouts and it was like him and British Bulldog, um, they were having a match and, uh, Sean's walking through the through the gym and I saw him and he's doing his entrance like he has all the freaking everything the yeah. jacket and he's just going <laughs> crazy like full sexy boy and I'm like I'm like Sean I'm Sean I'm like look 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 and he he was like disgusted <laughs> he was looking up at himself he's like oh, oh I'm like dude that's the coolest you know I ever seen and he was just like ah oh. he's like don't do as I uh, do as I say not as I do so it's so funny to see his like the way that he looks at that like, I'm, you know, the whole world viewed him as the coolest dude ever, but he's like, you know, probably at that time, he's like, man, I was just being reckless. Uh, but yeah, uh, being the ambassador, I guess, for him, uh, you know, he trusts me on a lot of things, but he doesn't want me to go crazy. Sometimes I go a little crazy. Sometimes I'm, he asks me, like, is this borderline, like, disrespectful or is this going to be like, am I going to get flack for this if I approve this? Or So that's the kind of relationship we, we have with things that I want to do and say as uh, that refers to being cool or, or not. It's crazy. I, I I tend to think he must like kind of really downplay his his coolness now because he feels like he's such an adult. He is so removed from it. And because of that, the only way for him to accept where he is in life is to just be like, nah, it's dead. I'm not cool. I'm washed. I'm old. I'm yeah. washed. Yeah. But like the reality is he's still HBK. Still HBK, man. He said something. He said the coolest thing to me, though. Sometimes you can get it out of him. Sometimes you really like <laughs> get him going. Uh, he said, man, I, he's like, because I'll take my knees up right now and I'll run all of you into the dirt. Like, <laughs> you're like, whoa. Okay. He was like talking his smack because like he was trying to make an example of something. Like he was like, you know, you guys have to do it like this, like that. Like he's like, you know, I'll take my knees up right now and I'll run all of you into the dirt. So it was like he was being like funny about it. But I, I believe he could still like if he wanted to, he definitely could. He he. um. He cares about it. Like the the one thing I noticed in the limited time I was there doing that uh, kickoff show, 
over the weekend was that I'd never seen Sean run a show before. And yeah. when I when I walked through after the thing and I saw Sean in Gorilla, yo, man, his level of intensity, mm-hmm. it's it's really like seeing a head coach walk mm-hmm. pacing the sideline. Is, is that a fair assessment? He seems incredibly intense with his care about every little bit of the NXT show and product. Man. I'm not gonna say too much, but yeah, he be he's really locked in, and like if he he gets out of his chair at times, and he's he's yeah, he gets locked in. Man. <laughs> so I bet I want to talk about another one of your relationships too, because you and Trick, right? Mm-hmm. Y'all seem so close off screen as well, not just on screen. It's like the bond that people get to see between you guys on screen is very much something that I've witnessed off screen in like the lowest key of places. So can you talk about like how y'all like got together like that that meetup and when you realized that like he could be like your right hand man for real? Yeah, I mean it was more of a direction. I just won the breakout tournament and uh I'll, that whole 2.0 thing was getting ready to start. And uh we had about like four or five guys that were like just, you know, that came in the same class that were ready to were not ready to get on TV just yet, but they had to find something for them. And I remember it was Road Dog that I remember a Trick had come up to me and me and him weren't really like super cool. You know, I was kind of still just doing my own thing. And he came up to me and said, hey, man, I think they're going to put us together or something like as a team or something. I was like, oh, cool, cool. Let me know. And and it was just like as simple as that. And then we ended up like, <laughs> yeah, it was just like, yeah, whatever. No no problem. And and then uh, we get, we ended up on TV as like, you know, him kind of coming in as my uh like heater in a way because we were getting ready to turn me heel and uh then we kind of formed like our chemistry as we went and we didn't know really i don't even think they knew what we were what to do with us i think we kind of had to kind of figure out hey like let's bring in pop culture let's bring in let's say this let's do this like i told him straight up too i said man like let me be a little you know i'm not going to be funny like i'm i'm trying to be you know different and serious i'm not trying to be you know, silly. I'm like, you, you do, you do funny and then I'll do serious and we'll balance it. And then that was kind of like our, you know, our, our idea as to make the whole thing work together. Yeah. Who said, let's sit in a barbershop and do our promos from the barbershop. Cause I Sean think that's Mike. brilliant. Sean Michaels. See, cool. Cool. He just knew. <laughs> he, knew. <laughs> he knew. He knew. This episode is brought to you by eBay motors, passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED highlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I'm curious as to why why did you make the why did you make the decision to go serious? Why why was that the why was that your choice? So before I even got to WWE, I remember uh, watching and thinking to myself, I'm like, you know, I, I see a lot of uh, 
black talent portrayed silly, funny, goofy. And, you know, I'm like, nah, I'm like, I kind of want to be not serious, but I want to be, I don't want to be like a caricature. I don't want to be, I want to just be real. And I want to be, you know what I mean? Take it serious. I don't want to be playful and funny. I want to like kind of, I want to be raw. And I think that that was one thing that was kind of missing, I think, from the, you know, from the roster is that that raw, you know what I mean? Especially being a black talent, you know, it's so easy, you know, we're fun, you know, dance and, and, and do all this fun stuff. And, you know, and that, and that lane, that niche had already been taken by like New Day, you know what I mean? There was already a New Day and, you know, Street Profits were fun and cool. And I'm like, how can I be cool, calm, collected and still like be about my business? Um, and that was kind of my niche. Even before I got linked in with Trick, I always wanted to be kind of like, you know, I look at you can be fun, but you can't, but but not funny. You know what I mean? I, Taker said that he's like, you want to be fun, you don't want to be funny. Oh, and he said that to you personally? No, no, he had said that to somebody uh, some in an point. interview or something. Yeah, and I remember hearing that, thinking the same. I was like, yeah, yeah, I get that. He's like, he's like, he he, he had times, he had moments where he was fun, but he was never funny. You know. Now- now I've had I've talked to superstars though who have said before that it's hard. It's also tough not going that route and not being a bad guy when you're trying to operate in the serious good guy ass kicker mode. It yeah. can feel limiting in terms of what you're able to do as a character. Is that true? Do you how do you continue to evolve the Carmelo Hayes character while not being goofy or a bad guy? Because it's easier if you're a bad guy. Yeah, way easier if you're a bad guy. Uh, I just try to stay true to myself. Like, I, I really try to stay true to myself, uh, even as a good guy or a bad guy. Like, I've been pretty consistent. Um, and I'm still trying to figure that out as far as my evolution goes. I'm I'm not even near where I need to be or where I'm going to be. Uh, if you think about it, like, two years in, you know, you look at certain guys where they were two years in and their 10-year careers now, and they're a completely different thing. So I say this now, and I could, you know, lighten up down the road, but right now I'm not playing about nothing. Nothing's funny. You know what I mean? I'm trying to get it. I'm trying to go get after it. That's my mindset. That's my attitude. That's my, that's my, you know, my aura. It's not, you know, what's to be joked about. I remember somebody that said something like, oh, smile. I'm like, well, what, or smile or laugh or something. Like, oh, nothing's funny. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? So that's kind of how I operate in my character and, and really me as a, as a person. What was what was your um, athletic beginnings uh, pre wrestling? Well, Carmelo Hayes, the young man, pre WWE. What what was your order? What sports were you most into? Yeah, so I was big in baseball. I did uh, amateur wrestling when I was like eight years old. We were doing backyard wrestling, and and the wrestling coach came. He lived down the street and was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" He's like, "You guys need to stop doing this." He's like, "Here, come to the gym where we train the high school kids, and come." just we'll teach you like basics so you don't get hurt and then we ended up competing in tournaments and stuff for like three four years so i have an amateur wrestling background and then i played football for uh three years uh pop warner and then i played in uh in high school um, right on the edge of high school i got kicked off the team because my grades were bad and i kicked off the rest of the team i was a bad student but i was a great athlete that's the one thing like i always been athletic my whole life i just never really applied myself the way i should and I can only say that now because I, you know, I'm matured about it. But I remember just wanting to just chase girls and get in trouble and hang with the wrong people and do all that type of stuff. Um, but I wish I applied myself more. But I, I got where I got to perfectly fine. So I ain't mad at it. Yeah. And hearing you say that, too, it's like you have you have all the ingredients that make like a legendary pro wrestler. Right. You have the little bit of rebellious attitude to where, like, 
it's going to drive you to get to the next level. You have that amateur wrestling background. You got the football background that so many, so many wrestling legends have where it's either one or the other. You have both. So it's like you got the ingredients to, to take it to as far as you want to go, honestly. Yeah, whole time I didn't realize I was cultivating like a whole skill set to get to where I wanted to be. And I didn't even, you know, I didn't even know that at the time. So I think all of those experiences molded me into what I am now. Now, it's it being an, an, the NXT world champion is interesting because yeah. in our world, those of us who are super into WWE, it's a, it's a huge spot already. Like everyone knows what it is to be NXT champion. We know what that means. At the same time, and it's on TV. It is, it's on USA. Like this yeah. is real TV every single week. Right. At the same time, we can't pretend as if the visibility you gain on NXT is close to the visibility you gain once you're on Man, Raw yeah. or SmackDown every single week. Right. Um, has it been interesting watching how your like friends and loved ones who are like not at all interested in the product? Have they have they all gotten on board to understand how big a deal this is? Or there's still some people on it's like, oh yeah, he's nice, he's doing some wrestling thing. I don't really know. I don't understand what he does. Yeah, it's probably a mix of both. I mean, even me, I don't even understand sometimes how big it is because we're so in the routine of it all. Um, like I say this a lot. Sometimes I have to step out of my own shoes and then be like, oh shoot, hold on, like <laughs> you're really the champ. Cause you know, I'm just thinking about, all right, how do I do this? You know, how do I do this better? How do I, da, 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 da. you're not really thinking that, you know, I don't look at myself like, man, I'm the NXT champion. You know what I mean? I'm a big deal. I don't look at myself like that. I'm all, I'm still looking at my weaknesses and things I need to improve on. Um, but as far as other people go, uh, I don't know, man. I don't know what other people are thinking. I don't really care. <laughs> well, have you gotten to have that moment yet, though, where at least there were loved ones around who were able to see how big, you know, how far you have made it? Because, yeah, yeah, you're not all the way there yet, but you're, you're pretty far down the path. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah. People do remind me and people do tell me like, man, that's so cool. But like I said, when you're living it and you're experiencing it, it's a different perspective. So sometimes like it is nice to have people from outside say like, man, this is a big deal. So like, yeah, th those are good to hear. But I try not to let it cloud my mind as to what I'm trying to you know, do on my own. Now, we talked a little bit about your relationship with Trick, talked about Sean. And another one that struck me as curious, because I just I honestly didn't see it coming at all was uh, you and Cody Rhodes. Mm -hmm. um, he gave interviews where he talked about, you know, prepping to come back, I believe it was for the Rumble, and going down to the Performance Center and making sure that you were one of the people that he got in there with, yeah. that he rolled around with, and uh, credited you a lot with helping him get back into ring shape, going right into this Rumble win and this feud with Roman. Um, when he showed up down there, did you know that he was down there to to see you and did you expect that they had such big plans for him and that you were going to be an integral part of those plans? Uh, so, I mean, no, they, they had mentioned to me, they said, hey, you know, Cody requested to train with you and Joe Gacy uh, in the next week or so. And I was like, oh, shoot, I'm like, cool. Like, yeah, Cody had reached out to me like two or three times before, uh, just, you know, giving me critique on my work and stuff like that. So, like, I had already had like a kind of, a, you know, back and forth relationship with him and I had met Cody in the past. Um, but no, I just felt, I was like, Wow, like me, dang, all the people that he knows and he's picking me and Joe Gacy. I'm like, okay. Uh, you know, but I was like, let's go. So he showed up and a lot of people are like, we helped Cody, but I learned a lot from Cody in that in that time working with him. He was fine. Like he didn't need my help. I think he just needed the uh clearance from medical 
to go through. So we had worked for like three or four days. Um, you know, we had did like matches on the fly. We were just working and we were just having fun. We were like coming up with ideas for when, you know, we have a match. Like it was like, it's like, oh, it'd be cool. We did it. And he was, you know, and he was helping me on my stuff. He's like, Hey, maybe don't, maybe try not to miss this too much. You know, it was like little things. So I credit Cody a lot. You know, he's like, yeah, you know, Melo and uh, Joe Gacy helped me, but no, nah, he helped me a lot actually. How, what is it like dealing with veterans in general? I mean, you guys have Booker T now there every week. Who's obviously a, uh, an encyclopedia yeah. that you can always open up, but like, yeah. you know, this is the, the wrestling business is one where you may think, you know, a lot, but as long as you're in a building where there are veterans there, whether yeah. it be book Booker T or you get up to TV and it's, it's it. Cody Rhodes or edge or Randy Orton. I mean, there's always someone around. How do you, how do you go about trying to absorb that? Do you pull people aside and try to bend people's ear whenever you get a chance or do you let them approach oh, you? Yeah. What's, what's your, what's I'm your way? I'm I'm on it. I'm on it. Like everybody I've ever, like I had a like long conversation with Taker, Edge. Uh, anytime I get to be around these people, especially people I grew up admiring, Booker, me and Booker talk all the time. Um, I always just, even if I'm, I don't know where I want to go with it, I'm just listening. Just listening. Like maybe they're, because guys like Sean, for example, he'll say something mind-blowing without even, just, just in conversation. And you're like, whoa, you know, opens your eyes on something. So, like, anytime I get an opportunity to talk to these guys, I'm not shy. I will go, you know what I mean? Like, uh, Edge and, you know, he sat and ate catering with me for, like, an hour and just talked to me. And same thing with Taker. I walked right up to Taker. I said, hey, Taker, um, you know, blah, 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 whatever, whatever. You know, and he gave me great advice. Um, so, yeah, so I utilize everybody, you know, everybody that, that, that comes through. Or, you know, if I'm on TV, if I'm at, like, Raw or something like that, and, they're there. I try to give a lot. Even Cena, I didn't get a, I didn't get to talk to Cena for a long time, but you know, I you know said hi to him and talked to him for a minute. What what's Cena's the, um, an interesting name? Because did did he see your ruthless aggression moment? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> did you guys talk about that? Because nah. you're both mass boys. Yeah. You know, y'all both from Massachusetts. True. You had that yeah. ruthless aggression moment that sort of put you on the map, and you lived up to those expectations. And you didn't talk about that at all. No. Nah, so I actually didn't think. I should have made. I should have brought that up as a joke. Uh, he probably would have laughed. Um, no. Nah, so when when I was in Boston, uh, the show that he was just at, I had done the uh, main event match. <laughs> And uh, got a really good reaction. And I remember when I came back, he's like, oh, he's like, you're from here, right? I was like, yeah. He's like, oh, he's like, good pop or like something like that. And then I was like, thank you, thank you. And then he, uh, I had talked to him. I had met him one other time before that. And I just thanked him and everything for coming. He had talked to us for like 45 minutes one time to PC, like uh, maybe like two months ago. Um, so very small conversation. I wish I got to talk to him more, but he's such a busy guy. Also, you don't know really, you know, what to say sometimes. You're just like, I want him to like talk to me, just start talking, but you know, you don't know what to ask. I, I will get the opportunity, but no, Cena's cool. How do you, how do you go about carrying yourself when you're like in your spot where you're the man at NXT and big everyone, pond, right? every, you're a big fish in that pond. And then you get to a, a main event, like you just mentioned in Massachusetts mm -hmm. where you're backstage. Um, do you still have, even though you're the NXT champion and you know, all these people know you, do you still sort of feel an obligation to kind of walk with your head down a bit and be like, I'm not here yet. Like, how do you yeah. go approaching that? So the best part is that like you mentioned it, like most people will know me now. So it's at least now, like it's not a cold introduction. Like when I met the undertaker, he already knew who I was. And I was like, thank God. Like, you know, <laughs> introduce myself, like, I'm like, Oh, I know who you are. Like great stuff. Like type of thing. I was like, Oh, that's so cool. Same with edge. Edge had reached out to me before I even met him. Um, so, like, a lot of these guys, you know, you, you kind of already 
got that relationship with either that I've talked to them before MVP and things like that. But, um, yeah, I do keep my head down in a way. I've always been like that no matter what, you know, because I'm not going to go around like I'm the man. You know, I, I refuse to do that, even if I wasn't a man. Um, but I have a, just a quiet confidence um, in, in a sense of like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm going to be seeing you guys soon. Like, don't, you know, it's like, I don't, I'm here now and I'm, I'm chill. I'm, I'm, I'm cooling. I'm just staying in the corner here. But like, you guys are going to be seeing me. I'm going to, you know, sooner or later, I'm going to be comfortable over here with you guys. That's kind of the attitude. And- in that vein, uh, obviously you just become champion. But yeah. was there any part of you who thought it was it was your time at draft time, or did you know you were going to be sticking around for a while? Uh, it didn't bother me one way or another. I, I yeah, obviously, you know, I, we all want to go. You know, we all want to move up and, and be able to experience, you know, main roster and in and that grind and everything. But uh, uh, I had just kind of been focused on everything I was doing now. Um, People keep asking me, are you upset you didn't get drafted? I'm like, you know, my time is my time. When my time comes, that's when I'll go. Uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm chilling and I'm, I'm trying to do the best I can possibly do down here in NXT before I leave, you know, leave a legacy, have a, a couple banger uh, title defenses and, and just go out on top. So, I, you know, it would have been too early for me to get pulled up at that point, I think. Now, uh, one banger will will be this Saturday night, of course. Uh, Sunday night, Sunday, I should Sunday say, night on uh, NXT Battleground from Lowell, Mass. We just talked about Cena. I can't help but think, like, have you ever thought about getting to have that Austin Theory moment? Like, wouldn't you be the perfect guy to maybe get one of those remaining John Cena WrestleMania moments? Yo, that would be cool. I didn't even think about that. Um, yeah, if it's there. Yeah, if it's there. I mean, I don't know how many more he wants to do. <laughs> um, it doesn't sound like that many, but there's got to like be a couple. It does not. But uh, no, I mean, I think that would probably actually, you know, if he's going to do it with anybody, it probably would mean a lot for him to do it with somebody maybe with hometown roots. And I know his father really well. Uh, John Cena Sr. is actually very, I've known him for a long time. Um, so yeah, I mean, if, if the opportunity is there, that'd be awesome to do. I'm not going to lie. That'd be really cool and passionate. You wouldn't show up, you wouldn't show up to his dad's house and disrespect him though, like Edge did. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, that <laughs> got, that got Edge a match. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Might... But if the opportunity was there, trust and believe, you know, that'd be something that'd be really cool for me to be able to do. Yes. Any sort of program. Who else? Well, and who else is up there? Is there anyone else that's currently on the main roster that you're like, oh, just hang on, hang on for another mm. year or two, because I gotta get, I gotta get that work. Edge, man, Edge, Edge. Yeah, but that was my guy. Like I remember, he's just cool as hell, and I and I I love the style as a kid with like his wrestling style. Never had bad matches. I mean, Ray. Uh, there's a there's a MVP. Um, there's like a good group of guys that you know. I mean, I want to I want to work with everybody, but yeah, those type of guys like the last generation guys of that ruthless aggression. You know, what I mean, those guys I grew up watching that I want to be able to work with for sure. Yeah, Ray Ray moves like he's gonna be wrestling forever, so mm. I think we're definitely gonna see at least <laughs> you and Ray at some point. Yeah. Oh, what are you enjoying right now on TV? Like when you sit back, do you have time to sit back and watch Raw and SmackDown and see oh, what's going on? Yeah. And and if so, what are you? You, you obviously, uh, Greg just mentioned Ray. Yeah. Um, the work that Dom and Rhea yeah. and, and and Priest have been doing yeah. has been unbelievable yeah. with the Judgment Day. But what have you been enjoying when you sit back and watch? I was going to say that every Dom. I think I'm so impressed with Dom's progression. 
um, just over the last year. Like, he looks like he's so much more comfortable in the ring. Um, he's killing it. He's killing it on every aspect, his promo game, everything. He's doing really good. Um, all the stuff with uh, Bloodline stuff with the Usos and Solo and Roman and stuff is always really, you know, fascinating because you don't know where it's going to go. Um, and then uh, I'm super excited for everybody that just got called up, too. So I'm keeping an eye on all those guys. Like, I'm, you know, happy to see, like, Grayson Waller on TV and Pretty Deadly on TV and Alba and uh, Isla on TV. So, yeah. I got to tell you, SGG, we didn't even talk about it on this week's show, really. But Pretty Deadly, just like we expected, they fit in immediately. Yeah. Yes, it was boy. just like, oh, <laughs> they should be on SmackDown. Dude, they're good. Like, this yeah. works. They're freaking good. Those guys are, and they get it. Like, if you know what I mean, they just get it. You know what I mean? They get their role. They get their character. They get what their job is. They get it. What do you What do you still need to work on, Carmelo? I mean, you're, you're the champ at NXT, but obviously there's still more to do. What do you look at in your own game and go, this needs to get better before I'm truly the man? Yeah, there's a lot. Uh, and I don't want to expose too much about everything, but like in-ring stuff. But like, um, you know, being a babyface is a lot different than being a heel, obviously. You know what I mean? There's a lot of small little things that you, you can do as a baby face or that you can't do as a heel and you can't do as a heel, you can't do as a baby. So I'm still trying to figure out that fine line without, you know, fully leaning too much on, on being a complete baby face. Like I want to kind of stay in the middle, but uh, it's, it's hard for me to explain without just breaking it down in the sense of like wrestling terms, but there's, but there is a lot that you sure. just personally want to work. Oh on. my God. Yeah. So I'm never satisfied. Um, <clears throat> when I watch my matches back, I find four or five things every time. And I'm like, dang. Like, even my promo is like, oh, like, I should have said it like this. I should have let it breathe here. Like, I'm, I truly am a perfectionist, and sometimes it hurts me. And uh, Sean gave me a great quote. He told me, he said, uh, progress or perfection is the enemy of progress. So, like, mm -hmm. you know, he's more, like, concerned that, hey, man, you know, just as long as you're progressing, you're doing well. But, like, stop trying to be perfect. So, yeah, and, and I'm far from it, but I'm, you know, I mean, I truly, I strive for it every time I go out there. Well, ladies and gentlemen, his name is Carmelo Hayes. We have to let you get back to some sort of a regiment. How, what do you do here in the last couple of days before a big match like this uh, rematch with Braun Breaker? What do, mm -hmm. what's, what's your routine like? And are you already, are you going to be back in Massachusetts early to spend time with family? How's that work? Uh, so right after this, I'm going to go train, go back to training. Uh, I'll be in the ring and I'll go to the gym. I'll get a meal in. And then, uh, after that, uh, we'll be there on Saturday. I'm going Saturday to Monday. So it's Saturday. We're going to tour Fenway park. And then, uh, Sunday is game day. And then, um, yeah. back home Monday, uh, well, that but that touring Fenway Park is going to hit different for you than for some of your compadres, right? Probably, yeah. Actually, I didn't think about everybody else going, but yeah, you know, it'll be cool. But <laughs> at this point, like, I mean, I, I want to do all these little fun things, but I really just want to be locked. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm grateful I get to do those things, but like, if it was up to me, I would just like go and kick it and just get a get a workout in and just be focused. But you know, we're gonna do the Fenway thing, and, and it'll be a good experience. But my mind is not any. Any nerves about having such a home crowd advantage? Like, yes, it's awesome, but I don't know. I mean, <laughs> the thing is, wrestling is different than sports. It's, it, it's yeah. an advantage, but not really. It's actually more pressure than anything. It's like, we have a lot of people who want to see me do good. Yeah. Um, does it give you any nerves at all, or you see it as the same as, as everything else? Not the same. Not, and I don't want to say it's nerves, and I don't want to say it's the same. I just feel like uh, a little bit of pressure to uh, over-deliver. 
in a lot of ways. Like, I know I'm going to deliver, but I just want to make sure that I over-deliver for, for the people that are coming out to see me. A lot of people have been wanting to see me for a long time, the, uh, the fan base that I built before I got to WWE. So I just want to show them, like, hey, you know, I've been doing my thing over here, and I'm, I'm way better than the last time you saw me. And then friends and family and everything. Um, I think everybody's going to be happy regardless, but I'm putting the pressure on myself to over-deliver and over-exceed expectations. And will the indie crowd, like, do you ever get specific signs or hear things from the crowd when you're in Massachusetts, when you're like, oh, these people have known me before I was Carmelo Hayes? Mm-hmm. I, I, shoot, man. I don't know. I remember when I went to Boston, it was it was love. Um, when I did the match at the uh, Raw, right before Raw, it was love. So I don't know what to expect. That's the best part. I truly don't know what to expect. And I'm not going in there with with expectations of, of them. You know, I'm going in there with expectations of me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? In that now, same I, vein, though, P2, when you when you won the title, I thought it was cool that Vic Joseph, I believe it was, said, you know, from Casanova to champion. Yeah, people love that. Line, and I yeah. yeah. Hey, listen, I SPG, I have, a, I have a really strict do not put over Vic Joseph policy <laughs> on this program. Okay? <laughs> we, that is one thing we will not do. <laughs> Shouts to Vic. Um, hey, before, Carmelo, before we let you go, though, I have one more good. question. Yeah. Um, my buddy Tiger, from he's from Lynn, Mass. I told him I was interviewing you. He wanted to know, Favorite Boston area sports athlete of all time? Mm. That was his one question. I feel like it's so biased. Like if you not if you don't say Tom Brady, it's like you're the op. Um, it's Tom. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's up to, so we'll give you top five. You know what I'm saying? It's like <laughs> Tom Brady. It's Paul Pierce. Uh, I mean, shoot. I would say I mean Edelman is up there too. Uh shoot, man. There's so many good ones, but I like I feel like you gotta go number one. You gotta go Tom Brady, especially on my generation. That man's never let us down. Tom Brady gotta be number one. Uh yeah, Tom Brady gotta be number one. And Paul Pierce is my number one on the Celtics for sure. I love the Pierce here so much. And uh, and a question from our co-host Dipperstein, who couldn't be here. He would like to know what is your uh bagel order when you go to get a bagel for breakfast? I don't know if Carmelo eats bagels. I feel like we should start there. Nah, I don't Do you know. even ever eat a bagel? Yeah I, yeah, I mean, I'll probably get like the everything bagel or something like that with the all the, uh, and then like put some like cream cheese on it. But I don't really be- Everything bagel with cream cheese? That's a great order, Carmelo. <laughs> yeah. It's a great but order. But that's what I'm saying. I don't really be eating bagels like that. But if I was, I would, that's probably what I would get, yeah. <laughs> uh, hey Melo, this has been a pleasure, first of many, yes. and we look forward to doing it again. Good luck on Sunday. Ooh, I night. appreciate it. Good luck on Sunday. Thanks for coming thank through. Thanks for having me. Big, big thank you to Carmelo Hayes. I have to tell you, SGG, I I enjoyed that very much. That kid's very together. Yeah, I, I love talking to Carmelo Hayes, man. He's he has it. He has a he has like a and it's not just like in the ring. It feels like too, like the way he looks at the business and and his goals and what he said not to accomplish it really it really just the the one way I could describe it is like a it a it factor. Um. Yeah, I think I, that's a great way of putting it. Um. I never had the pleasure before. I, I've seen him around here and there, um, but never chatted with him in any way really, and really really enjoyed that. Um, and then when we were getting off the line with him, we edited this part out of the interview. When we get off the line with him. <laughs> I was talking to him about how I was trying to go to Boston for the Celtics game and flights are expensive. I don't know what to do. And then he was said something like, nah, Rosenberg, I know that you. And it broke up. And we have no idea whether he was about to say, you know, 
I damn, I know you're a cheap bastard. I don't know what was going to be the next line out of his mouth. <laughs> I'm I choosing to believe that he was going to put you over, but it it cut off so per- like we didn't get a first syllable or anything. So there's no guess that anybody could make. Well, there, it's always funny with these uh, with my inner my um my my relationships with talent of his age range because they generally have some sort of familiarity with me from Hot 97. Right. But I don't know exactly what it is unless it comes out in like random moments. Like it, you know, you have occasional, there, there's a few, a few of the youngsters have come up and actually kind of fanboyed out when I first met them. He could a have been a barb of, though. He could still have some smoke from Oh wait, he was, a, he, was a, he was a barb. No, no, I'm, I'm saying he could have been. He uh, could be. You don't. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I thought you just dropped a bomb. Carmelo no. Hayes, huge Nicki Minaj. By the way, no. let's, take a, let's take a moment. Everything bagel with cream cheese. Mm. Yeah. That was Dip has a new favorite. Listen, I already know Dip likes Carmelo, but that may that may push him to the top. That may push him to the top. I'm not an everything bagel guy, but I know. I mean, the fact is, regardless of how much he goes and gets bagels or not, that that's his go-to. He didn't go, I don't know. He no, he has an order. He has an order. He has an order. And that order is everything bagel. And on this show, we're all about. Whether whether everything bagels or uh, your bagel or not, we're all about everything being and everything. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This listen on this show that is the highest levels. That, that is that that's what we consider to be the highest levels. So, and I, I like to think that even though I'm not an, an everything bagel kind of guy, because y'all know me, I'm still also the highest levels. But if no, if, no, listen, you, you you're an everything bagel guy. You just don't order everything bagels. By that's the way, what, I don't order everything bagels. Yeah. Just just F, just a little FYI. It's not for me. I, I like an egg everything for some reason, but regular everythings just don't float my boat the way they do dip. And in fact, a regular egg. Last week I got a um, I got a salt. That's right, a salt bagel. Uh, yeah, well, salt bagels. I, I, I like a good salt bagel. The only problem with the salt bagels if they go too heavy with the salt, which I know yeah, sounds that, odd. Yeah, they, there's a there's a sweet spot you have to have um, to it. Well, listen, guys, I know that we promised you uh, Mailbag and Shad Gaspard Black Power Rankings. But to be honest, we know who's going to be at the top of the Shad Gaspard Black Power Rankings this week. After that interview, this is locked in. Oh, that's interesting. I was going to go with super producer Brian <laughs> Waters. Wow. <laughs> he was a part of this interview. He was a part of this Thank interview. You. Brian, you were... Brian, he tapped in on uh, Tuesday, too. I don't think you mentioned rankings it. I appreciate that. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> a great honor. A great, great honor to be Black Power Rankings. Uh, yeah, yeah. And and listen, I mean, maybe Carmelo gets it two weeks in a row, depending on what he does on Sunday night at Battleground. And again, Battleground, NXT Battleground is a good one. Uh, Carmelo versus Braun for the title. Uh, Roxanne versus Tiffany. I'm sorry. Uh, who ended up getting that in the match? Roxanne Tiffany Tiffany? Tiffany Stratton. So Roxanne's out? Yeah, she's out. Lyra so it's just, Valkyria. So it's so it's Valkyria. so it's Tiffany versus Cora Jade versus Valkyria. No, it's NXT. listed as uh, Lyra Valkyria versus Tiffany Stratton. Oh, oh, it was Cora or Valkyria. Yeah, Valkyria won. So it's Stratton Valkyria. This yep. is, of course, we're recording this uh, the night after, the morning after NXT. Um, Noam Dar. Uh, against Dragon Lee, love Dragon Lee, uh, and all and all respect to the great Jewish man Noam Dar. Uh, Wes Lee defending the North American against Tyler Bate and Joe Gacy. 
and then Dragunov and Dijak in a last man standing match. So potential Sunday night. show stealer, potential show stealer for oh, sure. Oh, absolutely. That's that's absolutely in the running. Um, those guys oh, don't forget about go. the NXT Tag Team Championship match, uh, Gallus uh, versus the Creed Brothers. That's been made officially as well. Yes, it has. Yes, it has. Um, I believe Tony D'Angelo. Oh yeah, there it is. And Stax was supposed to get it, but then Tony D'Angelo got uh got arrested. I don't think. I don't think. So had Gallus, a little situation. Gallus versus the Creed Brothers for the tag for the tag titles. All right, that of course also will be on the Peacock. Plus, you got the Double or Nothing, and of course, Saturday Night of Champions. Great weekend. Everyone have a wonderful Memorial Day. Um, I am heading out to the Summer Estate where I'll be consuming all of these wrestling vehicles. And um, everyone do us a favor and stay mage. It's and take it easy, man. Wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the main event of the evening. At this time, I would like to introduce in the corner to my left the Majesty. Like sat in front of the mirror a little bit and got myself together. Also, ladies and gentlemen, at this time, I would like to introduce... Shout out to that guy, Greg. Bret Hart is the greatest professional wrestler in the history of the art form. m m m, -m, -m Mitch.